Hello, and welcome to the second installment of All Ears with Alpha. I am Sabrina Fox, Chief Executive Officer of the European Leverage Finance Association, a professional trade association with over 50 BISIDE members. In this podcast, we will talk to Alpha Committee chairs and members about some of the many projects we're working on now, so that you can get to know the people behind our work, which is designed to support engagement, disclosure, and transparency in the high-yield, leveraged loan, private debt, and CLO markets. We will discuss existing projects, announce new initiatives, and take you behind the scenes with the people who make the Alpha magic happen. Today, we are speaking with the Loan Investor Committee co-chairs, Emma Norman of Invesco and Scarlett Desplaisant of M&G. Emma, Scarlett, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Hi, Thanks Sabrina. for having us. Emma, how does the Loan Investor Committee decide what projects to work on? That's a great question because we always have a lot of ideas coming out of the committee, so we're never short of material. I think in terms of what we choose to prioritize, it's a mixture of where we think market need and interest is the greatest, coupled with the volunteers in the committee who take those initiatives forward. I think one thing that I'm really proud of is that we've picked up as a committee some topics that have been kicking around the loan market for quite a few years and we're trying to bring our new Alpha Energy to see if we can address them in, in a fresh way. Great and one of those projects Skylet is uh, our best practice guide to term sheet completeness which we published with the Loan Market Association. Can you explain why that resource was so important? Um, yes so the well initially the, the first version of the best practice guide to term sheet completeness came at the end of 2019. And I think the idea then was that investors wanted to have pretty full sum term sheets. They wanted to have as much information as possible to uh, get a sense of what the SFA would look like. Uh, also because investors, as we all know, don't have a tremendous amount of time to, to review documentation these days. So. Uh, we felt it necessary to, to, to put on paper, you know, what should what a term sheet should uh, should look like. Um, so no bad surprise when the SFA comes out. Uh, so we did that with the LMA, as you said, but also with the, um, the Covenant specialists, so the Covenant Review, Reorg and Extract all together, uh, putting this guide together. Um, and then in 2020, um, the year of COVID, but it was also obviously the year of the ESG loan margin ratchet. So I think it was only natural that the guide uh, would be updated to include as much detail as possible on those KPIs. And I think having them at term sheet phase as well, having as much detail on those KPIs at term sheet phase um, was very necessary. I think we also tried to make that point very clear in the sustainability uh, link provision guidance, which I think Emma will talk about, but I think having as much information at the start of the marketing phase was something that we were, um, you know, very, very keen to have. That's right, Scarlett. And the update to include ESG provisions in the term sheet guidance is actually in progress as we speak and may be published by the time this podcast comes out. Our partners at Ninefin joined the other covenant analysis services to provide some input on what ESG margin ratchet provisions are typically missing that we think would be useful for investors to see. Sustainability link provisions have been appearing with increasing frequency in leveraged loans. Emma, what has the committee done to support this and fight the risk of greenwashing? Yeah, the million dollar 
topic, I should say, of the, of the moment, if, if not question. So one of the things we did pretty early on was to work with the LMA, the Loan Market Association, to produce a guide relevant to all stakeholders in the leveraged loan market, really focusing on the kind of things to consider when you're looking at sustainability provisions in leveraged loans, um, or the acronym SLLLs. Um, so we in Alpha surveyed the loan investor members of the Alpha community to get a sort of wish list of people's top concerns and, and issues and questions. And then we pulled all those together in a guide and probably unsurprisingly for anyone listening to this podcast, um, that guide touches on things like ESG margin ratchets, um, accountability when forming your KPIs, um, and how that dovetails with timings of, of term sheets and long form docs and syndication, um, and, and general themes around transparency kind of across the piece for all stakeholders. So no particular surprises, but I think a lot of issues and questions floating around that we've now gathered in one space. So there's a best practice guidance that um, investors, sponsors, borrowers can all go and look at. Absolutely. And that is actually available on our website for download for anyone in the market, along with the best practice guide to term sheet completeness as well. Uh, the survey you mentioned, Emma, is actually an important part of the work that we do uh, as we do try to get information on market consensus as an important input into our work even before we get started. So I'm, I'm really glad that you raised that one. Primary settlement delays. These uh, have been top of mind for loan investors and CLO managers for some time. Um, Scarlett, can you describe how Alpha has contributed to the discussion and where we are now? Um, sure. I mean, yes, it is a problem that uh, every institution faces. Um, and it's a topic that has been discussed at every single committee. <laughs> uh, but it's fair to say that settlements have really worsened probably since the start of the summer. Um, so people have been even more vocal about it. Uh, and the problem is it's even worse for CLOs, uh, given the leverage structure. Um, it's been a record year, uh, for sure, this year. So there's been a ton of trading in primary and secondary. Um, but having said that, I think, you know, something has to happen because the delays are extremely penal for funds. And even more so as funds are now more and more comp to in the index basically, which hurts, which hurts us quite a bit. Um, so what do we do? Um, it's, it's something that we bring up to probably every single bank we speak to these days um, and, you know, complain about it. Uh, it's also something that we bring to the sponsors because I think they're not necessarily aware of what happens after the deal closes. So they're not aware of the, the mechanics or how long it takes the banks to bring us in. So it's about, you know, trying to make them aware that this is happening, that we need their help and that, you know, it's an issue for us. Um, some banks have proactively said, you know, pro are proactively offering to pay delayed comp on primary transaction when the delay is their fault. Uh, you know, they, they insist that lenders also have to, you know, play their part and provide all KYC documents in time. So I think we have to make this clear as well. Uh, so, but some banks are doing it. So hopefully, you know, the rest of the community can maybe think about following. Um, and also Alpha is thinking about 
perhaps putting together some wording or some guidance towards you know you know towards the offering delayed comp or lenders asking delayed comp from the banks so that's something that we're you know looking at and, and deciding whether this is the best way forward um, and one other thing we've been trying to do is also pushing banks to disclose as much as possible on global funding dates so when they come in it's not necessarily something that is easily available to lenders so we're trying to present for more transparency more disclosure and it's all about you know making this market more efficient so yeah we're trying <laughs> yeah it's a really good example actually of a, of a of an initiative which is starting with engagement where we really need to speak to market participants and find out where where the pain points are make sure that everyone's got the information that they need to to do the right thing and when we get to the point of you know having sufficient information i think that's that's when we decide to to publish something that we that we think will be useful so on a slightly lighter note i'm very interested to know from the two of you what is the best part about being an alpha member emma let's start with you um i think for me it's twofold so there are really great conversations and ideas which come out of every alpha meeting whether it's a board meeting or an exec committee meeting or a loan investor committee meeting or even just chats that you have at, at alpha events um which you know obviously virtually for the last year and a half but hopefully in person again soon um and i think personally for me especially as a lawyer it's been a phenomenal learning experience to pick up um, concepts ideas around things that maybe i hadn't come across before because of my legal background scarlett how about you um i enjoy meeting you know new people uh, i love the fact that we can you know congregate and you know talk about the stuff that uh, we all care about and find difficult uh, but it's also this idea that we're working together towards a solution it's not just about you know moaning and complaining it's also about can we collectively work together to a solution to make it you know a more efficient market so it's this idea that you know we're progressing towards something uh, that will make you know this you know this huge maturing market even you know more efficient basically that is all music to my ears. Thank <laughs> you both very much for that. And this is the final question, very much unrelated uh, to anything, even Alpha or Leverage Finance. If you could beam yourselves anywhere in any time, past, present, or future, where would you go and why? Emma, let's start with you. <laughs> um, I thought long and hard about this <laughs> question. <laughs> Um, and actually, I think I've chosen an answer, which is probably not that exciting. It's going to have a lot of Americans rolling their eyes. But I would love to go to New York in the 80s, um, not just because I think I probably already own the wardrobe, but I love New York today. But I would love to have gone back to a time where it was a little less polished, a little bit of more of a free for all um, kind of buzzing with creativity and activism and a little bit more intrepid. Um, I know New York wasn't like the easiest place to live in the 80s but as a Brit who loves all things about that era it just looks like it could have also been a really exciting place to be but I'm sure there's many Americans listening to this rolling their eyes right now um well, at my naivety <laughs> no, that's great was it studio studio 54 I'll see you there <laughs> great Scarlett, how about you uh 
I didn't, you know, think this through as much as you, Emma, because it only took me five seconds to come with an answer, which is I took a longer break this summer after a crazy start to the year. So if I could go back there, which was a very nice holiday with my family, I would do it in seconds. So, <laughs> oh, but yeah, lovely. no, this is, this is it. Well, for me personally, I would like to go to any beach anywhere right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really nice place to end it for now. Uh, let's all of us be in our mental beaches somewhere sunny. Yeah. Um, and uh, thank you both so much, Emma and Scarlett, for, for joining us at the second installment of All Ears with Alpha. Thanks, Sabrina. Thank you, Sabrina. Thank you. And thanks everyone for listening. If you would like any information about Alpha membership, or if you have any input or feedback on how we can make the market more efficient and resilient for the benefit of all market participants, please don't hesitate to reach out to me or any member of the Alpha team. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye.